Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a big because part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not, you can, give you it just, a try. You can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. Yeah, so I – um. I put a camera out, uh, like today is Saturday. So Friday's probably went Tuesday night, Tuesday, maybe mm-hmm. it was one of these days it was raining. So I was like, oh, I should get my trail cameras out. So I put one, um, it was an old one I've had forever that hasn't been great. And the antenna broke. So I, I threw it out and like, man, I'm like, man, I'm like, I threw it out there and it started sending me pictures at first. These little doughs going by. I'm like, oh, cool. And all of a sudden the battery or not the battery, the um, reception percentage went like to zero. I'm like, what the heck? You know? And I figured oh, it's because of the antenna. I go out, grab it. I'll swap out another one of my old ones that has a, um, an antenna and I'll throw the one that I have in a closer spot that I know definitely has service. So I go do that. And this is one you have to pay for um, the subscription to get like a couple hundred photos or whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I'll do 250 for this broken one. I, I finally get service and I just start getting piles of pictures, right? Yeah, piles of pictures, 250 came in. I'm like, holy crap. And so that <laughs> the first two nights I put it out, this bachelor group of four bucks come out. Two bucks are smaller. And I would say they're smaller, but they're 120. They score probably a 120. They're like good bucks. Sell the 120. So maybe like a one. Yeah. One. Okay. We'll call them 110 be conservative, but they're ones that you'd see and you'd be like, I'd probably shoot that deer. Right. But they're with deer that are huge. Hey. Like two, I mean, huge bucks. The biggest one is the biggest buck I have ever had, like by far on camera. It's got, I would, I mean, I would agree with that. That's a, that is a big buck. That brow tine that like kind of, vines it kind of vines around and he's Ooh, got calm vines vines he might that I might mean, be his vine. name yeah he's got like a little junk up off his brow tines he's got viney brow tines and he's got at least 10 points like 10 main points easily you know so i'm looking at he's him i'm thinking trash yeah he's got trash like, that'll make him a michigan 12 at least yes 
And the other one's like more clean 10 point. So like two, two tens and these two probably eight point bucks that are just cruising around and they, they hung out. I got a good picture of that big one at night and I actually got a great series of pictures because I did like three burst photos. Uh, and that second biggest buck was rubbing antlers ready, even though he still is velvet. He was, I think he was more rubbing his forehead on this branch like they itch. do. I know he's to get, I think I he's just given off. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, he's, he's given off his, <laughs> his, his scent gland or whatever. And you can see him kind of like doing the thing. Um, but it What's was like a cool thing? picture, you know, they just kind of like, just give kind of rubbing like all in something real nice. And you just, yeah. Oh, this is better than sex. So I got, by the way, so, if you've never itched poison Ivy with like, oh. a, like a pumice rub, Oh, like, holy cow. It feels so I good want, and then I bad. Want to sit down and cry. It feels so good. Yeah, yeah. And then it feels bad. And then, or uh, burning hot water. You ever done that? No. Stick it under just burning hot water. Just burn the piss out of it. Oh my gosh, it is. Like, it feels good. It feels so good. It really? just like kills the kills the itch right away. Anyway, um, great feeling. Yeah, so I I, I put out I put out these. I put out that camera and then I threw out the other, I swapped them out cause I wasn't getting service. And still that night that I put them out that those bucks showed up again and in the morning. So I'm, I'm in that time of year right now where it's like, now that I've got two out and I'll probably put a few more out. We, you and I should probably go pick mm-hmm. up some of those tech cam reveals. Um, I look forward to, I'm pulling it up right now. Do I have any pictures since I've checked my phone in the last <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's a good time of year. It's very exciting. It's Wait, like, do I have access to the app under your yeah. credentials? So yeah, I can, of course. I can just get those photos too? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you both my... I think you ha- You should have them. You named it the Jimmy Cam, right? One is the Jimmy Cam. Right, one exactly. is... I always named mine the Rod Cam. Rod Cam. And then there's one called TFC Discovery. I thought that was... a. Ooh. It sounded like a very space name, like the, the TFC Discovery. Discovery. You know? The, the endeavor yeah that's a good one that might be our next camera name tfc endeavor the liberty you and, still oh, have what was the, the what was the uh armageddon ships oh. freedom, freedom and independence yes is it, is it i was gonna say the nina pinta the santa maria no we're not christopher Columbus. <laughs> um or do you i have, do like that that's uh that's not bad that's not bad do you have rod your rod cam still where's that puppy uh like three feet away from me is it is that <laughs> a, a cell cam? No. Oh, that one that's in the trash. That was a crappy camera. It was it would take pictures, it just wouldn't ever send them. And the customer service of them was horrible. It, I know the company and it's so horrible. bad. That was the same company as the one old one I was dealing with when I didn't all of a sudden didn't have reception. But the Tacticam ones, the reveals are sick. You um, know, I, you know, it's the, the thing with trail cameras is everyone has an experience bad experience with one brand yeah and then and like, it ruins it and they they dog on them but like other people are like oh it's the best brand i've ever said yeah like you're those crazy. people are those people are wrong you're dead wrong we've used it, my I, book. the rod cam we've had such high hopes for that in the past we've put it oh. out and it's failed it's good yeah although no, we so, didn't really have service a whole like not the best service so i guess it didn't really it might be better now um e- either way we're gonna we should go and fuel up on cameras because it's almost i mean when this goes out will it be just september already let's see i think it will be so anyways it's time for us to keep this this moving because we got pictures to take and we got what i like about the cell cams is it it just helps you um make the most of a hunt because it's like i know that there are deer coming in this spot or not so sometimes like sometimes the fun is just going out and like reading the sign Yes. doing that thing and that's that's our favorite way but sometimes it's like I, i've got an afternoon one time this week i mean where am i seeing some action on you know we don't put out 100 camera cameras or anything we'll probably probably put out like six seven mm-hmm. um but it does help you like all right this spot's you know it's looking good we'll go we'll go at that spot so i mean some people argue that that is too much technology in the woods and that you know we have people the hunting industry needs to back off you know more or less plotting out deer exactly where they're moving. And yeah, I don't, I like, I I would agree. Like, I don't really like to know the deer. I don't know why I get it. Why you would. It's fun. 
Yeah, it is. And I'll do it. Like I'm doing it, but it's more fun to just go out in a spot and like kind of see sign and see like, Oh, there is a buck out here. Let's right. go find him. You know, right. I've had fun doing that in the past. It's all that to say. It doesn't mean usually you shoot great monster, big old bucks though. Uh, when you're just, you know, playing the sign and going brand new into an area, but it's a lot of fun. So speaking of that, Jared, I was going to say you just came back. I, and to be honest, I don't, I've heard bits and pieces of this trip, but yeah. I haven't heard the whole digress digression. Is that the a- whole, well, the whole, we'll call it the whole caboodle, um, the whole kit and caboodle. So yeah. James, you just went to Alaska to do a DIY caribou hunt. But- yeah. We like to do the DIY. It's always fun. It was great because you were able to bring along your family too. Yep. And that's about all I know. <laughs> yeah. So I want you to start at the beginning. How, how did you go into thinking of this idea and then planning for it? Because I'm sure, I'm sure some guys are going to want to know like, well, where the heck do you start? Yeah. To, yeah. To go into this, but just start there. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll I've got some things and you know, I've been thinking about this. We, we haven't recorded a podcast in a few weeks. And so, yeah, I haven't, Jared, I haven't told you much. You haven't told me already anything. Because I'm excited to do it on this podcast. You were texting pictures and that's... Yeah, there's some good it. pictures. We've been, um, we've been saving this for... So the big thing was I wanted to take my family. Um, I wanted to do do it yourself. Um, and, and so how do you get into it? I mean, this started pro- probably five years ago. Um, my daughter was almost maybe four turning five, something like that, or maybe three turning four. Anyways, we started camping, my family and I. So we started semi-small and by small, I mean, we live in Michigan. We would go to like, um, like North Dakota, South Dakota, like the Badlands, do some of that Teddy Roosevelt park. Um, and we started every year, like getting way more deep into camping. Right. So on average, we've the last three or four or five years has been at least a month in a tent at some point. Usually we'll do like two, three weeks consecutive. And then you get like the weekends here and there. We decided we like it. We want our daughter to be into outdoors, uh, into animals and being, you know, away from technology and, and, uh, and actually hunting too. So, so we started camping. Um, we built it up. We did everything from Nova Scotia to the Badlands to Yellowstone to the Pacific Northwest. I mean, uh, the Southwest we we've camped all over like, um, more than half of the national parks. It's been, it's been cool. So the big dream of mine was like, all right, these are great. And there's some other things that I want to hit in the continental United States, but I, I want to get out, out to Alaska. We are, our next two were always Alaska and Newfoundland looks like Newfoundland's next year. Alaska was this year, just because Canada and is uh, a little difficult when it comes to COVID regulations, but we won't get into uh, buddy. that. Um, <clears throat> so, not your guy, friend. <laughs> so yeah, hey buddy, with your big head talking like a. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we we started planning. I realized, and a lot of you who have listened to our podcast will know we've talked to Joe Griffin and a few other guys that have done the Dalton Highway hunts. Uh, and they're like, "This is sweet. It's do it yourself. You guys could totally do it." Time out. Time out. Time out. Yeah. What's the hall road? The hall. Oh, that's a good call. So the Dalton Highway hunt is like the most DIY caribou hunt that you're gonna do in, in Alaska, and that's because Wait, I, I said the hall road is the Dalton Highway different. Same, same thing. Same different, thing. Okay. Yeah. I've, been, I've been telling people you've been hunting the hall. Uh, the hall road. road. Yeah, the hall road, the ice road, trucker road. That's the you one said that the they Dalton do. Highway. So those are the officially two officially the name. They're the same thing. Yeah, same thing. Okay. okay. So yeah. the idea is. The, the Dalton Highway, the Hall Road, is a highway that goes from Coldfoot or really f- kind of just north of Fairbanks. At, you go up the Elliott Highway to the Dalton Highway, and then you go all the way up basically to what's called Prudhoe Bay or Dead Horse. And, and up there is, is basically ice, uh, it's um, oil fields that go into uh, the Arctic, like the Arctic Ocean is at the top. So sure. the plan was we, we go, we drive it, we hunt caribou on five miles of either side of the road. You could bow hunt only and pet pass that as gun hunting too. So that was a plan. We took two weeks. Um, we spent the first week, uh, we flew into Anchorage and actually went south to the Kenai Peninsula area. So we got, you know, we flew, uh, flew there, uh, camped down there for a while. We did some, uh, like we did a seven and a half hour fjord tour. So you go like in and out of where these glaciers are just carving cliffs and, um, it's like, like the most that, that actually was probably the highlight of the entire trip driving that or uh, boating that seven. It was like an all day thing. Yeah. Saw see, whales. The, the one cool it. thing 
the one cool thing you told us uh, the other day about what happened on was it the boat? Yeah, it was a boat. What they yeah. make from the glacier? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're going. We're seeing. You know, we're seeing whales. We're seeing like um, otters eating. We saw an otter eating a squid, which the guys like never seen. It was all these cool things, right? Seeing puffins. Uh, finished my puffin tour. Yeah, I, I'd watch you. We said finished the puffin tour. My family got. We somehow as we've gotten into camping, we've um, <laughs> wanted to learn. Like you're like, oh, what bird is that? For whatever reason, and so we've been getting bird books and became. Bird kind of bird people. bird people i don't know how like it's been it's kind of weird i know but it's like it's a family thing it's been really fun to do but one of it was like i as a kid for whatever reason i like love puffins like puffins are so cool they're kind of like so i'm like all right there are three types of puffins in the world right there's the atlantic the tufted and the uh, horned uh horned oh you should know this dude anyways so um i had seen two of the three and i hadn't seen the tu- the uh the tufted the horned Anyways, oh. I hadn't seen one and it's basically, it's one that has eyes that have like, looks like they have eyelashes, black eyelashes. They're only kind of in the Alaska area. We ended up seeing them. So anyways, oh, this is a long, long way of saying we got to the glacier that is the Harding ice field, the glacier that's coming down into the ocean <laughs> and you're going past all these chunks. Like you're like chunks of floating ice, like as big as a car or as big as me or like, and they're smaller ones too. By the way, you um, are right. The Atlantic, the Horned, and the Tufted. Good. I was gonna say. I don't know why I doubted. Uh, I got. All, I got shook. Atlantic um, are my probably, probably my favorite. The Atlantic. Yeah, that's what the we saw. We saw the. Yep. Yeah, exactly. We saw those in um, in Nova Scotia. Those are our first puffins when we went when we went far east and, and north. But anyway, so you get there. These ice chunks are floating, and the the people on the boat would catch them in nets, and then they take them on the boat. I got a picture of me holding one. And they shave off the ice and they make um, margaritas out of them. So you can have glacier margaritas. It was, it was cool. It was, it was a cool trip. So anyways, like that was, we, we did that stuff down there. We did this hike up to the, our Harding ice field that was trying for, for the family. It was a nine mile hike, 3,200 feet of elevation, like a, a good hike, you know? Um, and of course, like I always say this to, to the girls, but like, you know, if there's any issues in your family, unresolved issues, if you go on like a really long hike, like it all comes out, like everybody's tired and like, and of course that happened, you deal with it, you move on you get to the top and it's like, you basically see the peaks of mountains, but it's still covered in snow. So you just see a little, tri- little triangles, like poking out of snow all around you. And then it, yeah. And then it comes down to this glacier that's bright blue like just like a brilliant blue it, it was it was a cool thing so we, we do we did that kind of stuff um we went to denali we looked uh denali national park we looked for denali which in my opinion and you guys can look this up later is the tallest mountain in the world it's uh a bold statement i know everybody talks about everest but they have the benefit of the uh tibetan peninsula which gives it way more anyways google it you'll you'll see and it's like Anyways, we, we saw Denali. We did all these cool stuff and, and finally basically picked up my brother and thought, hey, it's time for us to head north. My brother met us after a week. He flew in and actually we were actually uh, in the bed of a pickup truck sleeping that night in a Cabela's parking lot. So he lands his plane at like 12, one in the morning, Alaska time. And the Uber driver drives him to Cabela's and drops him off and he just climbs in the back of the truck and goes to sleep that night. So that whole time we had uh, rented a F-350 uh, from a place called Go North. Um, we had looked into doing like the, the Hall Road Hunt and like, or like Avis or anything like that. Hall, uh, Hall Road Hunt, holy cow, U-Haul. Um, U-Haul would have worked, but it didn't have enough seats. And like Avis or any of those car rentals don't let you drive their truck or their cars or whatever on the Dalton Highway because it's pretty, it's a pretty brutal road. So go to go north we get this giant truck and we just head north um 350 nice yeah dude i am uh for a while i've been thinking once my current truck dies my current truck is a honda crv yeah we once know that dies um i was gonna get like a smaller pickup truck but i think like screw that i'm just getting a giant giant truck that we can my whole family diesel? slept in it for like a week and a half you gonna get a diesel i don't know do i want do i want a diesel yeah 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 i guess you don't have to haul anything but i don't need to haul anything but it would be nice to just have a giant ass truck why because i could sleep in it i could like are you you talking like uh like i think like a crew cab i definitely need four doors for sure yeah no no doubt about that i want to be able to lay on the bed two two guys to lay on the bed so uh, i'm saying so a a standard bed yeah standard short bed 
I like a set. I would, what was it? Seven or six and a half, seven foot bed. Holy cow. I want a big truck, man. Like if I'm getting a truck, like why would I, I'm not monkeying around anyway. So we, we had this truck, um, and we picked him up and we're like, all right, we're going to go North. Right. Um, trying to think if I'm skipping anything that I should be telling you about. I don't no, think you're, so. You're, no, you're prepping out. You're building. So the idea is you, you drive 350. Yep, you punch out from Anchorage. You drive to Fairbanks. Um, we kind of get our how far of a truck is that? A couple hours. Okay. I forgot five, four, five, three hours. It all runs. It's time is weird there because first of all, we're in Eastern time here, but you go to Alaska and it's four hours behind, and then the sun never sets. So it's like. I never know what time, like there's That's never an so end. Weird. You said it just kind of like, yeah, just kind of circles like, around you almost. Right. Yeah. When you get North, it's way worse than like Anchorage at the, especially at the tail end of our trip, it was getting kind of dark at night, but like it was never dark, dark, you know, mm-hmm. there was actually one point when we were up pretty far North and it had rained and then it dropped to like 20 degrees. And it was like ice raining. And it was, I woke up at like three in the morning and I had to poop like bad. And I'm like, there's no holding it. There's no waiting. Like I have to get out of the pickup truck and go squat in the tundra in the what rain. Four words will ruin a hunting trip. Yeah. I have to poop. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, so anyways, yeah, I mean, that, that was, uh, it was, it was wild. So, but when I did that, it was still light out. It was, it was bizarre. Um, so anyways, we, we went to through Fairbanks and you go from Fairbanks, you drive a long way. Like I said, Elliott highway to the Dalton highway. It's a long, I mean, I think, from Anchorage all the way to Prudhoe Bay, it's like an 18 hour different car. Difference. It was, it's, I mean, it's a lot of driving. You have I to hate driving, man. You were just saying that like to do this hunt, you have to like, unless you fly into Fairbanks, you'll save yourself sometime. But because we went South first, we went to Anchorage and you just have to drive. Like it's just part of this hunt. Um, and so, like I said, we drive up, you stop and, Coldfoot, which is like the last camp until all the way to Prudhoe Bay, which is hundreds of miles north. Um, I think six, seven hours to the, to the top. Um, and so we stopped there and it was like, it's just also I'll post pictures in the next you know, couple of weeks, but it is like the wildest gas station cafe. It looked like they had like plywood doors everywhere. Oh, oh yeah. It was, it looked rustic. like it, it rustic. It had been road hard and put away wet. Put away wet, yeah. Yeah. So you guys are loading up on beef jerky and Mountain Dews. Yeah, you load up on whatever they can make. Like, I can't eat any of it, but I had brought a bunch of my food. Um, and my brother, who can eat it, he just loaded up on, like, burgers and everything else. Although I heard the cold foot burgers are crap. <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening to this. They don't hear me say this, but I didn't eat it. I don't care. Jake said they were dry. He's he and somebody else we met along the trip. a dry Cu- burger, man. Oh, a couple people that said it too. They're like dry bur- a dry burger, might as well just throw that away. Like Maybe. that's just a garbage burger. I'd rather have it not really cooked in the inside than dry. Yeah. So overcooked, dry. But it's protein. Burger. And I, I'm like the whole so he's funny. My brother's like, he doesn't he's never done this before, any of these types of hunts. And like we he jumps right into Alaska. No, actually he did. He did one hunt with me in Colorado. But anyways, um, I'm like, Hey, you got to get some, you know, freeze dried meals. You need to get, you know, carbs, protein, you know, fat. You need to, you know, get some salt in you. It just kind of going through the thing. Well, he doesn't eat vegetables. He doesn't really even mostly eat free. He really literally for, for like three, four years, he only ate meat, like nothing else. And so he's, he's like, Which shows up. it's crazy, but he, I don't know. It's a thing. He fought what was that liver King. He likes liver King. You ever hear to hear this guy. The guy is 100% on steroids. Yeah. But he also eats a ton of liver raw, but whatever. Um, so Jake shows up with all just jerky, uh, tallow, like a big tub of beef tallow to dip his jerky in. He's got like, just like not much. So I'm like, all right, you know, but he, I'll, I'll give it to him. He did fine. Like there, we, once we stopped in Prudhoe Bay at the top, we get him food and whatever, but so all that to say, we stop in cold foot, get some gas. At that point, it was $7 a gallon. Uh, oh. When we got to the top to Prudhoe Bay, I filled up that truck and I, I had two, five and 10, I had 10 total gallons of like spare gas that we had with us in case we, we needed it. That was 230, no, two, $250, 30, between two, two, 30, 250, um, for, for the fill up, which was, 
insane welcome to the truck game yeah dude and uh, yeah so it was it was a lot that was that was a big expense of the trip the truck in general the truck rental was very expensive and the other expensive part was gas the rest of it was pretty cheap um so i'll have to say how many how many tanks does it take to i guess you could probably calculate that out but yeah i think it was we once we filled up in cold foot we had that tank of gas until we made it all the way up to prudhoe bay so you like you start cold foot south and it's like that dictates what you do in a day, how many more gallons you have to make, you have to have enough miles left to get all the way north. And so we would do a lot of driving up and down the river, but always leaving a couple hundred miles left because we had to go all the way north. We, we hung around south on the, on the um, highway for, for a lot of the time. Gotcha. So oh, that would be tricky. It is. I mean, you just have to be kind of conscious of it and you always like overestimate by like 7,500 miles, like to give yourself a really good buffer you know, like, so we did that and it, we never had a problem. It was just something we always had to keep an eye on. Um, but we, we started in cold foot and then started cruising up. And so you, you drive and you come up to what's called the Adigan pass, the A T I G U N Adigan pass. Um, and what was wild about it was like, so it's August, we're all excited about this hunt. And it's like, I've never been here before. You, 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 it basically you go over the pass and you're like hunting. So we, we drive up to the pass. We're going up and if, like, like a magical moment it starts to like pour snow i'm like this is the like i'm in alaska it's snowing on me and i'm headed to bow hunt like this is the coolest moment you know ever this is what you dream of as a kid mm-hmm. so driving up north you, you i stopped at the, to the top took my bow out i had bought a cheap target from uh cabela's cabela's i think or sportsman where anyways um shot everything seemed dialed in i was excited and ready to go uh, so we make it over the pass, which is like the, one of the more beautiful places you'll ever see, like Google pictures of the Attican pass and you'll see awesome, awesome place. And you, you come down and you're kind of in caribou country, like the farther away you get from the mountains, the, you know, you become like totally in the tundra. So of course, like we get right over the mountains, we see a shed laying there and like, Holy cow, we see a shed like, or well, oh, this is awesome. You know, no one probably ever sees like, I, we're so smart. We could see this shed. Well, like throughout the week, we found like half a dozen sheds at least. Like they were everywhere. I, I could have taken a lot more. I took some home uh, to, you know, the girls wanted them and I gave one to my dog. But um, anyway, so we were like, we're like, oh, this is sweet. This is so sweet. So we're driving. We only get over the pass and kind of down through maybe in like maybe within the first hour, all of a sudden, Laura, who my, my wife has done a lot of this kind of stuff with me and in the, in the course of time has been like, has an excellent game eye. Like she has an eagle eye. So does D. Like I'm pretty proud of how they can spot stuff. So I'm driving, or maybe Jake's driving at that point. Yeah, Jake's took over for like most of the week. He was the driver and I was like the hunter. So I was driving around holding my bow for like, I literally would hold my bow even in the car so long at night. My forearms are just sore because I'm like carrying my bow everywhere I went. Um, so, but she's like, Hey, there's caribou right there. So I'm like, look at Jake. I'm like, well, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like how stalking works on a caribou. You can read everything you want online about how, you know, they're curious and they, but you, they're wary, but they're, um, they never stop moving, but you can, you know, all these people say all these things about them. And it's like, I I have to just go out and like mix it, mix it it up with them for a while. So we go out. And I'll never forget, like we walk up, I see all these caribou and I look at Jake. I'm like, there are, this is insane. There are so many caribou standing right there. There's probably 15, right? And it was mostly cows, calves, and like some smaller bulls, which we saw a lot of herd uh, groups like that. But at that point, I'm like, I don't care. If I could right now go shoot a caribou, our plan was if we tag out early, we're driving all the way down to the Kenai, getting on a charter boat and doing some salmon fishing. Like we're just going to we're going to get as much meat as we can, if we can make this happen, but hunting is a priority. So we stock up. And of course, like I, I get, uh, that one, I probably got it to 150 yards, 120 maybe. Um, and then they, they picked me off. I, I didn't go into sneaky. I was just like, what, how much can I get away with? This seems so like, it's so early on. I'll, I'll do that. So they, I bump them off and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting a feel for them a little bit, what they're looking for. Um, what's easier to stock. As I did that, I came across a few others and I started stocking on them and you know, I did that for maybe a half an hour or so getting on just different groups of caribou. And like I said, seeing what works and what doesn't. 
So my brother's with me. Um, we kind of get in, you know, maybe it was probably more than maybe an hour of doing that. We, we had kind of a, like close calls already with a bunch. I actually got to 24 yards to a, a what I thought was a small bull and it turned out to be a cow. Um, but it was like right there, uh, <laughs> you know, surprise. No, you, the key for, if you're willing to take any legal bull is you look for the sheath, which is what's covering the pecker. And, uh, like sometimes when they're really young, they're, it's kind of back and it's really hard to see. So like, I'm pretty sure I passed two that I could have shot that I just wasn't sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I just didn't know. And thought I saw the balls, but you couldn't see the sheath. And that was what they said to look for. And I just didn't want to do anything wrong. So whatever. So anyways, we're, we're doing that. And I, all of a sudden I see him like, Oh, all right, let's start heading back. And I look to my left and I see a group of like four good bulls, like one, two are really good bulls. Um, I'm like, all right, they're kind of coming this way. So we're, I'm like, Jake, we're going to run around behind, um, this little burn, I guess you could call it like a little bump and like kind of cut them off. And one thing I should say for caribou hunting, what makes it tricky in the tundra is there's no land features. There's no, like, I'm going to, you know, follow this tree line in this, there's no trees. Um, there's, there's like flat, it's like the desert flat. And so anytime you can find any kind of Creek or little Hill to, to work behind, that's, that's what we did. So we do it, we set up and it was like, I'm like, Jake, I guess, you know, we come all the way out here, but we're going to hunt them like deer and basically just ambush them here right by this rock outcropping. Cause basically you're going in the tundra it's flat, but you'll find these giant chunks of like a hundred yards of just rock piles because glaciers had pushed these piles of rocks all together into these little spots. So I'm like, all right, we're going to go here. We'll wait for them to come around. Um, and sure enough, they start coming. And they're headed right toward us. And all of a sudden they bed down and they kind of facing like they're taking it a different direction. I'm like, oh crap, you know, what the heck? So we wait, wait. And I'm finally like, Jake, I'm going to try to like, they're kind of looking if they're, if I'm looking straight ahead as my 12 o'clock, they're, they're around, they're about at my one o'clock and they're looking that way towards the one o'clock. I'm like, if I can kind of sneak around and just hang in their blind spot, I can probably get close. So I try, I get, you know, I make, probably get it there at that point they were probably 200 yards away um and i probably closed maybe 40 yards of distance and then they <laughs> the big bull picks me off and they take off so like the first hunt was like that like instant instantly in them i'm looking at jake i'm like this is crazy i've never like it, we've been out here maybe at this point two hours and i've had half a dozen chances and like i'm not even being very careful i'm just right. trying like yeah so i'm like this is crazy so that first night we, uh, like we see a couple more down the road and we make a play we almost got, I, I ended up using a Creek to cross to sneak in on one. And that was one that I could have shot at maybe 50 yards, but I could not tell if it was, uh, definitively that it was a ball. I was pretty sure, but I, I'm new. Like I, I had no one with me that had ever done any of this before. Jake, my brother was with me, but he doesn't even hunt that much. Like he'll deer hunt a couple times a year. Um, so I'm like, you know, all right, we're just going to play it safe and we'll see. So we, we let it off. We, we take that off. And so for the next couple of days, that's what we do. Like the next day we decide to get up and um, push punch out. Um, Cause like I said, basically you get a five mile radius on either side of the road where bow hunting only beyond that's gun hunting. And, and what I've heard, and I actually found out to be true is that you get maybe two miles out into the tundra. They're way less wary and they're way more curious. It's bizarre. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but I want to point out like walking in the tundra is not like, it looks flat, but walking it, it wears you out because it is like, it's like thinking of like, a, like a think of sand, but like little I'll mounds in the sand and then cover it with moss and kind of make it wet. So it's just kind of like uneven, uh, the, Jared, you would know there's, the, we've actually been in swamps like this in, in, Michigan. Oh, I know what you're talking. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just kind of like uneven and you can't really walk and you have to pick up your leg and it just wears you out. So we're like, all right, we're going to do this. There's not a whole lot of people walking far out. And at that point we had seen, I mean that we had seen the, the night before when we first got in a bunch of caribou, probably at least a hundred combined, we're going to walk farther out and see what happens. So we're walking out and like, as we're walking, all of a sudden I'll be like, Oh, Jake, look right next to us. There's, there's a cow right there. And so we, all we would do is like, we'd see it maybe a hundred yards away and we just sit down and it'd see us. And it'd be like, looking at us, like, what the heck? And I would, 
I had this little, actually your face on my, I I had that beanie that has you making a turkey call that says who cooks for you. Yes. You know, so I had to bring you with me. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, it's a little bit like of a lighter color. And I was reading that if you wave a little something white, they'll see it. Or if you have any white on your clothes, they'll see it. And they'll look at you like, what the heck? And they want to see it. Check it out. Cause I think they think it's a caribou. So he like, so I, I had a four or five times where I did that. And a caribou came, like, like I said, with, within 30 yards, like they came right up to you and just checking you out. I had, again, I'll say I had one that I think was a bull. I actually looked back on my, the Jake took a video of it. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was actually a bull. But I, like I said, I didn't know for sure. I didn't, didn't want to do the wrong thing and, and whatever. So mm-hmm. we did that the first day and we got into a bunch of them, almost shot a bull. Um, and I learned a valuable lesson not to, so I see this bull, he's not even paying attention. And been between me and him, he's like 40 yards beyond this big rock. Like I said, these rock areas, just with a ton of rock. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll like try to sneak up on the rock. I can be quiet and hide behind these little, like they're all like, they're like torso size and smaller rocks in there. And I learned, I should have gone around. I should have snuck around the edge of it, but I tried to go through for whatever stupid reason, like in <laughs> retrospect, what a like stupid idea. I don't know why I did it. Shortcut. Yeah. Shortcut right to the middle. And like, he, he got me. Um, was it just but, hard to walk over the rocks or you just couldn't maneuver? Or? It was hard to, it was really hard because they're really like, they, some of them move and you're trying to be quiet and you can't really set your bow down to like crawl or anything because it's like on rocks. So no matter what, the tundra was sucked and the rocks sucked. It all sucked to walk on. It, you know what though? I will say people make a big, like just be in good shape when you go out. Like people make a big deal about it. And yeah, you'll be like sore and it's, it's not like walking through an open field. Like more yeah. of a stability muscles yeah I, I got sore right where my hips from having to lift my legs up so oh, high yeah that's you a, know that's the psoas Ooh, yeah in the back and the front too uh whatever mm-hmm. that is um so the, those things got sore but like everybody says oh it's the worst it's just like it's not super easy so it's like just get over it. it's not that big of a deal it's just like the reality of it so that day so interesting ha- thing happens on our way out to do this i see these two guys come out um there's a lesson in this. So like, if you're listening to this and you're like wanting to do this hunt, write this down. I'm about to. I, I look and this one dude is out coming out and I see he's trailed by another older guy. I'm not going to say fat. He's totally fat. Like even by today's standards, he's, he's a big feller, like not in good shape. And, um, so I see the, the younger guy, he he's talking to me and my brother, Jake for a while. And he's, he's from the army. He's coming out. He's going to do this hunt. They're going five miles back in. And I look behind him. I'm like, Oh, he's like, yeah, that's my uncle. And he's the, the dude is walking out and like, bear, bear in mind, Jake and I have spent lo- like a lot of time getting our gear set for this, right? Like you want light, you want stuff that stays dry. So I got these crispy boots. I got the stone glacier, um, gators. I've got like all this stuff that keeps you comfortable and moving, pulling moisture uh, away, keeping the warmth in because like it rains every day. It go, it, it, the temperature was everywhere between one day it was in the sixties. One day it was in the twenties. It's either foggy or it can be anything. So like we spent all this time and I look at this dude walking out and he's wearing big, uh, Carhartt, Carhartt bibs, bibs. Awesome. And he's got a big cotton sweatshirt underneath and he's wearing muck boots. And my first thought was he's just a crazy, uh, a crazy Alaskan. And like, Alaskans are like a little for them. They're different. Like these people live in like this place and they just can do things that like the normal man cannot, right. They're just Alaskans. So I see him. I'm like, maybe he's just an Alaskan dude. And this is how he lives life. But I like, that seems like a far walk to go with that gear on whatever say goodbye to him. Like I said, did my hunt, saw those caribou. Well, that night Jake and I had done a hunt. We actually hunted a, a couple times, um, trying to catch caribou running across the road, which didn't work. And I'll tell you why in a minute. And I'm walking back to the truck. It's probably 11 o'clock, um, Alaska time calling it a day. And I, I see this guy driving up on a truck. He waves me down, uh, down up and down the road. And so I'm like, Hey, what's going on? He's like, Hey, have you seen? And he describes those two dudes. I saw like, no, yeah, I have. They told me they're going five miles back. I mean, it takes a while to get out there. They, they meant, they seem to think that maybe they'd be sleeping there overnight. I don't know. You know, they had sleeping bags, but the guy was looking for him because he said they'd come back. It was like a weird story and I, it didn't to- totally make sense to me, but I was like, Hey, if I see him, I'll let you know. Right. And so that night we had parked the truck on this kind of turnout where a, 
a, quite a few trucks were parked because this was a spot where over the course of the week I saw over, I saw easy, like probably at least 1500 caribou cross in this area, just moving back and forth. It was just insane how many I saw. Um, and so I get in the truck and I see this guy's truck is there and he's sitting in the driver's seat waiting. I'm like, Oh, I feel bad. You know, you pray for him at night. You're just like, that would be the worst right. night. You're worried about your brother and your son. Um, and so turns out the next morning I wake up, it's actually my birthday and I'm like, I'm going to glass for a caribou. And I like, I look and that guy's still there and he's still awake. He was up all night waiting. I'm like, Oh man, you know, feeling bad. And I look and I hear a little, and over their horizon to where those dudes were comes the medevac, like the helicopter, right? I'm like, holy cow. I wonder, because there are helicopters that you'll see running back and forth, carrying things from uh cold foot or whatever to Prudhoe Bay. And I'm like, maybe it's that. No, it's, it's that he comes and sure enough, he lands right next to our truck. So I'm, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, Oh, but it looks like they're struggling. I'll run out and help them unload. So I just run out there and I'm helping these guys grab sleeping bags and backpacks. I'm carrying all this stuff. And sure enough, it's those two guys. And the guy with the wrong gear had apparently hurt his hip somehow, his hip hurt. And he just was like, I can't make it back. So they pushed the button, you know, the, the SOS button on your Garmin yeah. in reach. And they're like, I'm, I'm getting, I'm heading home. And so they got a very expensive helicopter ride. And I'm like, I could have told you this was going to happen. You were not in the right shape. You had the wrong gear and you had like a terrible plan, mm-hmm. you know, and like out there, there's no trees to take cover under. It's right. there's no, there's nothing. There's just flatness in you and whatever the, it's at some point it's going to rain, you know? And so he looked in a bad way that dad, it, it was just like, he felt so bad for him. It's like, you, you did such, you, you were so dumb in your planning, but at the same time, I still kind of feel bad. Cause that would be the word. It's like, a, I heard different quotes for how many, how much it would cost, but it sounds like a five figure, uh, a cost to, to pay for getting out of there. I, I have to check it out. Don't quote me on that. But so all that to say is, yeah, dude, I felt bad for him, but at least they were safe. But like, if you're going to do it, it's, it's very, very doable. If you're doing the five miles in, very doable. Going in good shape, have a good rifle, be able to shoot out to you know 250 yards, 300 yards would be. I mean, if you can do that, your money you get you you will at least for what we saw, you have a really good chance at caribou. Um, so I was saying, you know, a lot of what we did was these caribou were crossing. We were kind of by a valley, right? Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was just south of. They were doing some road work, right? It's um, there's Tulik River. And it was just south of Tulik River. If anybody's listening, this is way past. Um, uh, and it's, it, it varies so much, but I'm sitting there um, and in that kind of, there's like a, kind of a valley and these caribou were just crossing all the time. And it was funny because first we, we decided to take the road and just kind of drive and see what we see. We didn't really know what we were looking for, but we get to the spot for the first time. And all of a sudden you look and like mm, two, 300 yards off the to one side of the road, caribou are starting to come in. They're pouring over this, this kind of hill. It's like, holy cow. It's like ants coming over like so many, <laughs> but what they do is they would bunch up right before, like way up there. And then they would start really moving as they'd come across the highway because they knew they were going to get shot at and they would run across the highway. And then they'd go a couple hundred yards. This, uh, this especially was true because if people saw them coming, all of a sudden trucks would be just lining up. Right. And from what I heard, I, it was a little unique for me that I saw so many people, but I saw a lot of people. And so this would happen and like eight trucks would stop. People would be running out and try to like peg these things as they ran across the road. I have a video. I think I posted to our story where there were three dudes in a line with drawn back as these caribou were running in front of them. Right. So for a while, it's like, man, that's the way to do it. Look at all these caribou. We, we got to try this. We tried yeah. it. The problem was, first of all, there's so many guys. It's just this chaos. They get pushed everywhere. You can't really play them because you can do everything right. And some idiot, which happened to me a bunch of times would just last minute, see you see them and like try to jump in between you and them and like get them before you did. What the heck? Screwed up. Oh dude. It may like, if anybody's listening to this, if you see a, even if it's just one or two caribou, cause this has happened to me more and I'll talk about it in a minute. If you see a guy going after something on the side of the road and you're doing the Dalton highway hunt, just leave it, just keep driving because they'll see your truck stop there. And that totally changes where they move. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's like, like some courtesy, like, I, there was one time I, lo- I, I lost my mind and I'll get to it in a minute. But so anyways, we, we decided we're going to try to hunt these big, 
these big groups coming across and like you get, I mean, I was within 50 yards, but they would be just moving too fast. It doesn't even look like they just look like they're trotting, but they are hauling at a trot. Like they, they're moving. There's just no way. Um, so we, we did try that for a while. Um, and we, we were going through this, um, construction zone, the construction zone, you had to have a pilot car take you through, uh, for whatever reason, apparently somebody died and it was a whole thing. Now they need the pilot car, but the lady that was like the gatekeeper making you wait for the pilot car was like, she, she was abrasive, had an abrasive personality. She was hard. Like she was at first she yelled at us, me and me and Tom and Jake and Laura, like just reamed us out for no reason. So we're like, Holy cow. So I got out and I kind of talked her down and we, we ended up being somewhat friendly with her. We saw her a lot on the trip, but everybody I stopped, I talked to probably talked to 10, 12 people had met her and like had a bad experience with her. Uh, So we see this lady and I'm like, I'm driving through construction. I'm like, well, she said to go through. So we, we never stopped on construction, but what I found out is what a lot of people would do is whatever, for whatever reason, the, the caribou wouldn't be nervous as they would be for some reason, approaching the, the construction zone, which was, I think 15, 16 miles, 20 hmm. miles, somewhere in there. And so they would literally have a guy jump out of the car while it was driving, following the pilot car and try to shoot a caribou. And the goal was you get out, shoot a caribou and try to get it cut up by the time the car gets to the end and then turns around and follows the pilot car again. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly like the most, like, you know, I don't know. It wasn't really hunting. It was jumping out and shooting, but the guys that camp next was shot five that way in two, wow. two days. Yeah. Five with their bows. Um, so, so anyways, we're, we're here. We didn't know this at the time. So we're driving through and, um, we get North and we're seeing less and less, but I see a, a bull. It's not a big bull. Um, but it's like one, I would hundred percent like be just stoked to shoot. So I get out, um, uh, I see it and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I crawl, I'm doing the whole crawl thing. It was like, you know, at least an hour we're out there of me just crawling and stopping, crawling, stop, just making moves as they think puts his head down. I get to 80 yards and he's kind of just kind of looping in. He doesn't really see me and I'll post this video. Um, so I'm like, sweet, you know, this summer I was money out to 180 yards. is like my going in. Like if I have a clear shot, he's not moving at 80. Um, they, they're caribou. Don't take an arrow. Well, they're, they're pretty soft. Uh, like they're, this is like the animal for, and they're bigger. I'm like, I feel really good. Um, I, like I said, been practicing all summer, we did our 3d shoot like the week before, and we were just letting them rip at hundred feeling good. So I'm out there. I'm like, all right, sweet. You know, I get on my knees. It's like anchored shot. I do all the things and I shoot and I look and my arrow in flight is sideways. Like I see like almost totally sideways in the air. Cause I, I've started to shoot with both eyes open, which really helps see the flight or your arrow really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh no. And it, it goes like, I don't, it misses so bad. Like it's not even close to the caribou. I'm like, what the heck just happened? So I'm like, I don't know, maybe the, the broadhead deployed in the air. I, who knows? Cause I'm shooting expandables. Although I've never had that before with, with these broadheads. Well, sure enough, the caribou gets spooked, but they're curious. And he didn't know where I was or what happened. He had no idea. He runs into 60 yards and then starts eating again. I'm like, all right, you know, calm yourself down, play it cool, play it cool, Jim, you know, draw back, do your thing, you know, feeling good, <sighs> shoot again. And that again, again, my arrow is sideways. I, again, it's sideways, misses him completely. The caribou comes closer. This caribou is in the 40s yards, which is like, like I said, I had been practicing all summer. This is like a slam dunk. It's like nothing. And it's a big animal. Like, heck yeah. You know, I don't know what's going on. I just need one to connect. You know what I mean? Like I can hit it. So I'm like talking to myself, do it again. Sure enough. Arrow is sideways again. <laughs> uh, needless to say, I actually missed four times. Never had that happen in my life. Four times on, on a, a caribou. And like I said, never have I, I don't know that I've never missed more than once on a hunt. I don't know that I have. And so I'm like, I'm shook. Like as one is in this circumstance, like never had it happen. I traveled all to all the way out to Alaska. What is going on? I, my bow in, (laughs) in, um, transit at some point, I think I've determined that it was my rest sabotaged. sabotaged. I think it was some vegan somewhere for sure. 
<laughs> no, it was, I don't know what happened, but my rest got moved real bad. So when I actually got back, I tried to kind of fix it out there. Um, and I was like, man, from this point out, it's like 30 yards and in like maybe 40 yards. Um, I'll take a shot. I got back. I shot it through paper and it's like, you're supposed to have a bullet hole. If anybody knows paper tuning, you can look up the charts, but like, it's like, a, it's like a line, like a straight, like you, you show me the picture. It was like four inches. It wasn't even, it was, <laughs> it, was it wasn't nuts. even anything. It, 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 it was, hand. I don't know. Cause I did the whole, I did the, the Pelican vault case. Great case. Like everything was, I cut the whole case out to fit exactly everything. My hand goes and was in there. All my stuff was perfect. Right. It was like, just, I took the utmost care with, I don't know what happened. And it's one of those Hamsky rests, which are like, they're awesome. They're awesome. Rest. We don't work with them or anything. I just have always used them. I love those rests. Um, and I don't, so I don't know how it happened, what happened. Um, something was not right. So I, I, when I came back, I spent about an hour at the shop getting that right. And just, getting me right. Cause I, like I said, at that point I was kind of shook. Like I've always, I've had struggles with target panic. And like, if you want to bring the target panic back, you have a four misser and Alaska on a caribou and your, your brain is broken for a while. <laughs> I think I'm actually better off now that I Alaska panic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, you know, I'm back on track and I'm actually feeling good. I'm switching back to a finger release and doing some things that some, a trigger release, but that had nothing to do with the shot. That was totally something got bumped and it was, it was a mess. Um, so we, we do that hunt. We, we go North, we go to Prudhoe Bay, which is an oil field. Um, it's bizarre. Like 2000 people live there, but it's like two weeks on three weeks on three weeks off, something like that. Okay. Um, it's just like a place you should go, but it's like once is enough. Uh, they, there's polar bears that'll live there. Grizzlies all in a home, whatever this, uh, the week before our, actually while I was there, but I was South, there's a video I had posted to our story of this grizzly chasing the guy up on his, his, uh, I think it was a digger, whatever machine he had. I didn't even remember what he was on. Uh, and so, yeah, you go up there. We, we, uh, took the tour. We went to the Arctic ocean, put our feet in the water, did the whole thing. It was really cool. What was cool about this hunt though, is like, we did get to do those kind of things, but as I'm stalking, the, they would drop me off and they'd take the truck down the way. So that like nothing would the, the caribou wouldn't see the truck still there. And then they just glass and watch me the whole time. So it was like, interesting. every time they just watch, which is cool. So we did that. We started coming down and, um, I had, I think I had six more chances where I had actually figured out how to crawl up and get where they're going. And like I said, I, my, I was so shook about my range and something wasn't right with my bow. And I had tried to like cobble together something where I was, I was able to, you know, I started shooting a little bit and I'm like accurate out to 40 yards. That's, that's going to be my thing. Mm -hmm. I had, I think six total times, uh, from when I missed to the end of the trip where I had shots at caribou that I would see one, which I found way easier to stock on one rather than a whole bunch off the road we'd be driving you see one like a nice bull you they keep driving and you start just like you like it, it's a combination of sprinting crawling you know crawling through like knee deep water it's just like crazy stuff to try to like get around to where these caribou are going um super like be in good shape if you're doing this because like not only is the tundra hard to walk on but like stalking is not easy especially when you're wet and you're just like crawling over lumps and it, it it was good. Um, but I had six times where I, I was going to be within 40 or so yards of a caribou and some other person uh, would be driving by see our, see me out there and would stop the truck and get out and just like, look, like stand outside their car. They'd be right on the road and just looking at me. And this is one of the times where I like lost it because I had, you have to look up what if, like, if no one is familiar with caribou, like what a 350 inch bull, like that category of bull looks like, but it's a good good caribou it's a big one mm -hmm. um and so i at least for me you know, right being being from from michigan i had this one that was he he was coming in and i see this guy just get out and i'm like doing like i'm behind like this rock and he's coming and i'm like waving the guy like keep going like putting my arms like what the heck he just stands there and he's like looking at me and he's looking at it and of course the caribou is coming and he stops right where the caribou was walking and so the caribou sees it and he just cuts off and you know sh within two seconds that caribou is 100 yards out of my sight range like he's away from me uh so i lost like i lost it i'm like 
causing up a storm, like throwing stuff. Just, I'm so mad at that point. Lost, lost my mind. Um, but now all that to say is like, if you're out there and you see someone doing that, it is, it would be so cool to be able to watch someone do it. But like most of the time you put that caribou on edge when they see, like, they're fine with a car driving by, but if it stops, they're like, they're pretty alert to it. Right. Um, so anyways, yeah, I had that happen a bunch. It was a series of unfortunate events, but actually, so I didn't get a caribou, uh, which is funny because you thought for a while I did. I, cause I shipped yeah, the antlers I the, back. I saw the pictures of all those horns and I'm like, dude, this dude got a caribou and he's not even going to tell me the story. of it. If I got a caribou, I would have done <laughs> the in reach message that day. You, you would be the first to know. I would be the, I would meet Jared bull down. Suck it. James. <laughs> That's well, what t- I thought you were pulling a quick one on me, but I should have, I should have, but no, I did not No, It was, it, we didn't see them. We saw, I mean, dozens of muskox and eagles and all the things. We saw tons of, a couple of grizzly bears, um, tons of moose. Uh, and looking back at what happened was I had just stumbled upon like a really hot area where they had seen more caribou there than they had. Some of these guys had been doing it for 20 years, had never seen so many come through this certain spot. Um, so I definitely hit it right. But like going back because I saw so many people and maybe it's just getting more popular because it's, it's all over the forums. People talk about it a lot. There's that, that hunting, that, um, video hunt wise did with Joe, uh, that was actually fairly popular. Um, I think people just got kind of turned onto it. And so if I, I would 100% go back and Jared and you and I have been talking about doing it, but I would take a rifle out. I would go yeah. five miles in, I would shoot a caribou quick as quickly as I can go back and I'd fish grayling the rest of the time, um, char and grayling, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but all that to say, it was like, I mean, you go to the, the tundra is like another planet. It's you've never, it's just not unlike anything you've ever seen. There were times where I'd go out alone and it's, you go where you can't see civilization. I mean, there's only a one road and a pipeline. That's all you can see. Like, so if you go one way, you can't see anything. You just see tundra and you look around it's like nothing's changed in a long long time there are no trees there's no growth there's like not actually that much life out here other than caribou coming through some birds we saw a fox and stuff um and it's just kind of quiet it's just like kind of depressed it's beautiful but depressing but awesome it's melancholy melancholic was the word that i've come up to describe like the surreal loneliness and awesomeness of the like the alaskan tundra there's just not no it's worth doing. People should do it regardless if they're hunting or just visiting with family. It was, it was great. Um, very affordable. We, we ended up spending more just because we got a tr- this kind of truck, you know, I was paying for, you know, it, some of the plane tickets were really expensive. Mine were really cheap. Um, gas was really expensive. So there is, you know, food's more expensive now than, than typical, but, and, and we, we treated ourselves a little bit, but, uh, you know, I was with my wife and daughter, but, like it's pretty doable, pretty affordable. And like, like I said, you do the rifle hunt, you get off the grid a little bit. You, you go in prepared with a good plan, with good gear, with, um, good being in good shape and you'll be fine. Um, I think the biggest problem if, you know, when we do it, Jared, uh, I mean, and, and granted, maybe we get out there, we don't see any caribou, but I think the big problem would be like, and this is what I was thinking the whole time. Like if I were to go out here with like three people and we all got a caribou and we were five miles in, that would suck. That would be a couple trips, you know, um, in a couple days of making trips dealing with, you know, who knows what, uh, one area we had been hunting. Um, I met a guy who was out grizzly hunting, uh, cause there's, there's grizz in the area. Like one of the valleys, happy Valley, he had seen 17 grizzly bears in this, this Valley, you know, it's like, like so you're dealing with a lot as you're, as you're doing it. But, um, like in terms of like a first Alaska trip, a first outside the continental U S trip, uh, that it was very doable, very, fairly inexpensive tags were, I think like 650 bucks. Jake got a week long fishing trip to, uh, license, which was like, I want to say like 60, 40, 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and my daughter, since she's under 16 could fish for free. So they did quite a bit of that. And like, it, it was just awesome. It was something that you can take your family to. Uh, we all like, they all, it was consensus. Like this was our best trip ever. All the places we've camped. My daughter who doesn't really like to travel on her birthday. Like she likes to be home and we were, she, she's, she was born the day after my birthday, which is kind of cool. Um, and she was like, dad, this is the best birthday I've ever had. And na- mind you, this was the day after 
I had missed four times and then lost my mind. And the guy that had blown like a hunt of mine, like, and she was, she loved it. Like, and she spent the whole week sleeping in a, the bed, the, the cab of a truck. Her and Laura were short enough to sleep along the, the bench seats. Really? Yeah. Well, the so we had all the tents and we could have done it, but what made that it nice was that we could do that because like it rains. And so your stuff's always wet and like, it is kind of handy to just be like, well, I'm just head hopping in the truck uh, and sleeping tonight. Like you, you put your mattress, your inflatable mattress down and it, it works pretty well. Jake and I slept in the bed. Um, and we like, we were in everything from warmer weather to like one day it like poured rain and then it just dropped down to 20 degrees. And like, you wake up and there's like a, like a quarter inch of ice on everything. Like it, it was so cold, you know? So uh, it worked out really well. Um, cruised back, did the whole thing and like sprayed off the inch of dirt that uh, mud that was caked to my tree. It was the, it took me forever. I, I cleaned it for maybe half an hour just before I took it to a, a car cleaning place that like did trucks and did it and, and stuff. So, and it took him, he's like, wow, I've never seen so much mud on the truck. And it was literally after I had put half an hour into cleaning it already. So it was, it was awesome. Met a lot of people. I, I spent so much time in the beds of other people's trucks, getting rides down the road. Cause I would go out and I'd like pop out way down the road, like three miles. And I'd be seeing people be by and I'd just be like, Hey, you know, wave them down. They, I hop in their truck and they drive me back. Um, so we, yeah, we had a good time. Uh, lots of, lots of people. And so like, I would say anybody listening, do this hunt. It's it caribou are awesome. Like they're, everything has antlers. Like what more, what, like how much more fun can you have? Everything you see is antlers. Uh, you see them a lot. At least I did. Um, you're in the tundra. You see musk. Like we saw, look up a baby muskox. It's the cutest thing you've ever seen. They're, they're ridiculous. And we see these baby muskox and like regular muskox that look like bears from a distance. It just, you see so much. There were wolves hunting caribou by us had eagles when we were down south living above our tree it was just you we saw humpback whales and otter these otters there are like three they're huge they're like three feet they're huge otters like not like the river otters that we have um so highly recommend it one of the my best trips even though i didn't get anything everybody's like oh i'm so sorry i'm like there's nothing to be sorry for this was awesome i would do that do it again even if i didn't oh, shoot yeah. anything you know the bow part was a problem, but like I said, I, I came back, I went and I uh, went to the shop actually out here in, uh, by me and Lowell, um, backwood trading post. Good dude. He, he was, uh, just close by and open and he's been super helpful. Um, got my bow and me set back up. Cause I was having issues after that. If you can imagine. Uh, right. so now we have only a couple weeks till I'm starting, I'm taking D out for, uh, youth hunt, youth hunt this year, her first oh, youth hunt. Sweet. Um, the first night I'm actually going to take her where I, I saw a big old buck last year, but since opening day <clears throat> is on a Saturday this year. And I know that spot's going to get hammered. I'm just taking her right in and just hoping I can pick one of these bucks coming off. Um, and then we've got small game opener on the 15th oh, yeah. and which I'm going to be up in the, up Northern Michigan for probably do some, some squirrel hunting up there. And then we have opening day and Jared sounds like you and I might be headed South for, uh, spending michigan opener south of the, the michigan border yeah man it's uh it should be a fun trip if i can connect all the dots together connect all the dots we have we have a lot of fun stuff coming up um we had a lot we will be doing this uh dalton highway hunt probably i don't know about next year but for sure in the next two years <clears throat> um so yeah like i wanted to share there's a lot of podcasts out there with good information i listen to them all getting ready for the for this trip and there's a lot of good stuff um but like looking back on it part of it's like i said you the first couple of days just like going at a at a caribou and like learn their parameters like learn what stockings like on the tundra um and if you have any questions just let us know uh I've had a lot of questions coming on like rock slide and stuff and messaging guys there um had a few guys that i knew um, that were going to the Dalton hunt, um, that I had never met before. I've been texting with those guys as well, but like, it is helpful to share, um, information and like, because they cross at so many different spots, you don't, I'm not really worried about blowing somebody's secret spot up because they just go everywhere. And it's like hundreds of miles long. This road is so, um, it wasn't, it didn't feel right that you weren't there, Jared. It, I was lonely. Yeah, it was uh, 
but you know, next time you just stop pumping out so many kids and, uh, Jared love Jared loves himself so much that he made four little he's while well, he's in the process of the fourth one. He just keeps like thinking the world needs more him. Need more cowbell. My, my uh my clan trying to go grow the clan. You almost have a starting lineup in basketball. Yes. So and they're all what, oldest is in kindergarten. We got a starting lineup. You have four. You have five. Well, not you don't count. Oh, I'm saying kids. You're talking to kids. Yeah, you want to ride their success, and, like having the them family. pay for your retirement. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right. So no, that was it. Um, yeah, like I said, if anybody has questions or whatever or whatever, talk. Let me know. Um, I learned a lot of things the hard way. I was really prepared for for a lot of things. I had some friends that did it first. Like my gear was pretty dialed. Um, it was really dialed, other than the bow issue. Um, I wouldn't change too much about what I did, like in terms of what I brought or the, the, a lot of conditioning. I did a lot of that mountain tough. Uh, we had Dustin on, um, a couple months ago, but I mean, I've been working out a lot, just preparing for being able to, um, not only walk in the tundra, but like stalking, stalking is taxing. Like you have to have a lot of, um, body weight strength. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wouldn't change much, uh, all, except for the, uh, the bow mishap. So nice yeah it'll happen it'll happen um but onward and upward we got a lot of fun stuff to do we got some really good stuff planned for this fall um really exciting stuff we're excited uh, excited to share with you um anything else we should say or announce or do before we wrap this thing up jared it's good to be back we haven't podcasted in like a month really yeah it was the end of july i think because i left yeah breaks feel good Breaks. We needed it. We need the little summer break before we dive into the deer that we've been getting trail camera pictures of. Heck yeah, man! I named the big one Jared. I decided it's Jared. You gonna shoot me, Jared Scott Gordsma. Scott Cousins. Oh no, no, Mark. Jared Mark Gordsma. I mean Scott. Where? No, Tyler Scott Greenway. You're Jared Mark Gordsma. It's got him confused. JMG. Middle names after my uncle. That'd be weird. Yeah. Weird. Scooter. It should be. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening in. Um, this was a little bit more low key. Um, and like I said, if you have questions, I'm happy to share whatever I know. I can't say I'm by any means an expert, but I did do it once. So uh, I do have that. Um, and yeah, Jared, any other, anything you want to tell the world? Uh, no, no. Okay. All right. Well, follow along. We got some great guests coming up. I'm excited to uh, share some things with you here in the next couple months and um, let us know if you have any questions. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really help us out. Keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it. Five stars. That'd helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.